Uh, the message title is Speaking in Tongues for Today. Is Speaking in Tongues for Today? That's the question that we're going to answer. Uh, you can follow us on Uversion Notes and check us out as far as that goes. Keep your Bibles open in whatever form that you have because um, it, it's going to, I'm going to be going verse by verse in 1 Corinthians 14. So if you, if you would, uh, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 14, and we're going to start reading in verse 1 in just a moment. Again, uh, let's put our hands together and thank Howard and Caitlin for that beautiful song. Isn't that beautiful? I just love that. Never grows old on me. I just love it. I love it. I love it. Amen. And so if you'll stand for the reading of God's Word, uh, just before I get into the Word, uh, you may be wondering what in the world kind of jersey I'm wearing. I'm wearing my old frat jersey from college. My kids thought it would be cool. My nickname was Underoos, which will remain safely a secret why they called me that. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, first one. We're going to go back to the Bible. Amen. Hey, you were in college one time too. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5. If you've got it, shout out a good amen. amen. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. When you're speaking in an unknown tongue, who are you speaking to? God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Verse 4 and 5, and then we're going to pray and we'll be seated. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. We'll explain that in a minute. But he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for this unique spiritual gift to New Testament believers. I pray in Jesus' name that you would just clear any cloudiness. You would take any fear or misnomers that anyone has heard about speaking in tongues and the baptism of the Holy Spirit away from us. I pray, God, give us fresh eyes to hear what the Spirit is saying today. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that your fresh and mighty anointing be upon me to speak forth your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. I pray, Father God, let this word fall on the good soul of our hearts and grow and bear forth fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, make the scriptures, make the passage, make the gospel very clear to us. Speak to us, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Hold your Bibles in the air in whatever form you have and let's declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen, amen. High five two or three people as you're being seated and say, go 49ers. Many years ago, a woman came to one of the old Puritan preachers and she said, hey, listen, she said, uh, the bands on your pulpit gown are too long and they just annoy me. They just really, really annoy me. And she said, I'd like for permission to shorten them up, you know, cut them up. Confident of his uh, permission, she came armed with a pair of shears. He mildly accepted. He gave her the pulpit gown, and 
She cut him to her liking and handed what was left over to him. She said, now, see there, that's much better. Upon receiving him, he said, well, he said, you're welcome. And he said, you know, he said, since I've known you, there's something about you that's altogether too long. And it's annoyed me greatly for many years. And since one good turn deserves another, I'd like permission to cut it as well. She said, certainly, not a problem. I give you permission. Here's the shears. She said, very well, madam, put out your tongue. Throughout the history of the Christian church, the phenomenon of speaking in tongues has been a much debated and often controversial subject. And uh, so we're going to ask the question, is speaking in tongues an objective experience energized by the Holy Spirit? Or is it merely a humanistically motivated emotional expression? Here's the deal. God devotes an entire chapter to speaking in tongues. Paul speaks a little bit about prophecy in 1 Corinthians 14, a little bit about interpretation, uh, a little bit about a few other things. But by and large, the entire chapter of almost 40 verses is devoted to speaking in tongues. Now, you have to understand the power behind that. Prayer is a very important part of our Christian walk, yet you will not find an entire chapter of the Bible devoted to only prayer. Things like tithes and offerings are very important part of our Christian walk, but you won't find a whole chapter devoted to them. Things like your faith in Christ, being born again, it's important, it's in the Bible, but it's, it, there's not an entire chapter devoted to even that. And I, the list could go on and on, water baptism and so forth. Now that's not diminishing those things, those things are central to our faith. What it is saying is God is showing us how important speaking in tongues is to Him to devote almost 40 verses and an entire chapter of the Bible to it. How many of you think already that it's important to God? You have to understand this. Speaking in tongues is significant to God because God doesn't put words in the Bible unnecessarily. This is very important and this is central. And here's a couple things that I want to point out before I start going verse by verse. Speaking in tongues as the Holy Spirit gives the utterance is the unique spiritual gift identified with the church of Jesus Christ. All other gifts, miracles, And spiritual manifestations were in evidence during Old Testament times before the day of Pentecost. The one gift you can't find in the Old Testament that is reserved for those that are living in New Testament times is speaking in other tongues. Of course it's going to be highly debated. Of course the devil's going to try to make it seem weird. Of course he's going to try to make it feel weird. I don't understand what I'm praying and on and on and on. All the things that I've heard. Because he doesn't want he doesn't want us to experience the power behind it. And we're going to explain that as we go. This new phenomenon came into evidence and it became uniquely identified with the New Testament Christian church. Somebody say amen. Speaking in tongues is a specific fulfillment of prophecies by Isaiah and Jesus. Here's what Isaiah prophesied roughly 700 years before Christ. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people. Somebody shout amen. Amen. To whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. Did you know when you speak in tongues, it brings rest? And this is refreshing. Yet they would not hear. When you're praying in tongues and you're speaking in tongues in the prayer closet, it brings rest and refreshment. I haven't even gotten into the verse by verse yet. And there's already great things coming out. Amen. Mark 16, 17. Bible says, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will. Everybody say they will. 
So 1 Corinthians 14, I want you to know, is a chapter about order. And so it's, a, it's about order and it's about speaking in tongues in order and order within the church. The Corinthian church was crazy. I mean, they were a pastor's nightmare. And I'm gonna, in coming weeks, I'm going to flesh this out for you. But they were out of order. They had, they, they had come from a society that was Las Vegas on steroids. Now they got saved and filled with the Spirit, and they're carrying that mentality into the church. And Paul's going, okay, so, you know, don't sleep with your stepmother. <laughs> Step one, <laughs> not a good thing. Step two, don't banish him to hell either, right? We're going to help him through this, but we're not going to banish him to hell. And, and guys, you can't be talking in tongues and going down and having, you know, hanging crystals and having seances at the same time. It's just a it, Corinthians, they were a mess of a church. And Paul is writing here, and he's writing about how to speak in church, in, in, how to speak in tongues in church and also privately. So, first of all, speaking in tongues is private for self edification. The, the Hebrew, the Greek word, excuse me, is glossa or glossolalia, which means speaking in tongues. And it's prayed devotionally by the believer in the most intimate and intercessory moments of communication with God. So, let's look at your Bibles and just stick with me. Verse 2 and 3. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. So, who are tongues addressed to? I hear people say, well, I, I, why would I speak in tongues? Nobody can understand what I'm saying. God can. Look, I was raised in a Baptist church. When we came up in a Baptist church, you didn't hear about the Holy Spirit. You certainly didn't hear about speaking in tongues. Church I grew up in said that had ceased. And I'm going to answer that question for you today. And so when tongues came out, I just believed what the Bible said. It said I'm speaking to God. And I thought, okay, well, then if I'm speaking in tongues, I'm going to speak to God. Let me ask you something. How many of you think right off the bat this is a bad thing? How many of you think talking to God is bad? Nobody's raising their hand. Amen. Tongues talks to God, prophecy speaks to people, edification, exhortation, and comfort. So before I go any further, how many of you would like to speak directly to God? So right off the bat, I hope that you can see, wait a minute here. This tongues thing may not be such a bad thing after all. Amen? Well, I don't understand what's being said, Pastor. Well, that's okay because the Bible says in verse 2 and 3 that the mind can't understand. It's not for someone else to understand. It is the Holy Spirit praying through you and talking straight to God. It's like the red phone to the president, amen? You get him on the hotline. How many wants to be a part of that? So many times I have been praying in the Spirit and I've been warring in tongues and all of a sudden I feel the breakthrough, I feel the release, I get excited, I start shouting, I start dancing. I don't know what's really going on yet. My mind hasn't comprehended yet what my spirit already knows. My mind hasn't figured out yet what the Spirit of God inside of me has already seen coming. Amen. And every time that has ever happened so many times to me, I always somewhere walk into it, not long after that usually, and I go, oh, there's the understanding. My spirit knew it before my mind did. That's the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout amen. Everybody say it's a good thing. In verse 2 it says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue uh, speaks forth mysteries. Everybody shout mysteries. What in the world does that mean? Well, the Amplified Bible reads it this way. In the Holy Spirit, he utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. Mysteries or things not understood are spoken in tongues. 
Have you ever, those of you that are spirit-filled, I want to see a show of hands in just a minute. Have you ever been praying for an answer to something that's not coming? And you get in the prayer closet and you're praying in tongues, praying in tongues. And all of a sudden, it's like the answer just bubbles up inside of you and boom, right into your mind. And you're like, that's it. That's the answer. Has that ever happened to anybody? I want to see a show of hands. That's the Holy Spirit. That's speaking in tongues, speaking those secret hidden things that you've been looking for answers for. How many of you would like to be praying in the prayer closet and have God reveal to you the answer to your prayers? How many of you think that's a good thing? Is there anybody who thinks that's a bad thing? No. So we're already off to a good start with tongues. Someone say amen. It's going to get better and better and better. So many times I have been praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, and God would reveal something to us. We would be praying in tongues over our children many times, Holly and I. And we'd be praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. And I would say, God, show me what's going on with my kids. If you've got kids, you need to be praying that. And I said, God, well, show me what's going on with my kids. And we'd be praying in the Spirit, and all of a sudden, broop, like bubbles coming to the surface, and it's like, bam. And then we go in there and address them, and they'd look at us, and their eyes would be big, and they'd go, how do you know that? And we'd sit down, all three of them, I'd say, I'm so sorry. you got parents that are Spirit-filled, and God tells on you. <laughs> Holy Ghost tells me what's going on in your private area that nobody knows about and I can just see the look on their face they couldn't get away with it amen they might get away for a little while but then the Holy Spirit will rat them right out amen well I'm sorry to tell you he does the same thing with parishioners and pastors verse 4 yeah Holly's going you're gonna have them all scared to get to death if I just stare at you for a few seconds, you'll think I know what's going on. <laughs> Verse 4. It says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Okay, what does that mean? Well, Amplified Version says this. He who speaks in a strange tongue edifies and improves himself. Edify literally means a house builder to construct, to confirm, or enlarge. So, in, in, it literally means here, when you speak in an unknown tongue, when you pray in tongues, when you speak in tongues... You are building, God is building your house and enlarging it, right? He's building you up in God and making more room for God in your life. How many of you think this is a good idea? How many of you think that we all need to be built up in God? Raise your hand. This is, we're going to work together on this day today. Amen? Okay. How many of you think it's a good thing to make more room, enlarge your life for more of God in your life? How many of you think that's a good thing? Okay, so we're on a good start here. We're, we're just in verse 4. And it, uh, verse, Jude 1.20 says this. So here's some other scriptures that go along. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Did you know you can build your faith up praying in the Holy Spirit? This is why for many, many years now, literally I pray every day in the Holy Spirit. I can't remember days, maybe one or two occasionally here or there. But for the most part, every single day of my life, I am praying in tongues. The Bible says when I pray in the Spirit, I'm building up my faith to believe more in God. Somebody say amen. How many of you think that's a good thing? 
Amen. Look what the next verse says. Isaiah 28, 11 through 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. This is what he's talking about. It brings refreshing and rest to us. Ephesians 6, 18. So that builds us up. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the what? Spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all saints. When we pray in tongues, we are, God is literally building other people up. So we're building ourselves and other people. How many of you think that it's a good thing to pray in tongues and help build other people up? Is this all good news so far? Amen. It's going to get gooder and gooder. Amen. That's good old South Georgia language right there. Verse 5. Here we go. Chapter 14, verse 5. Here's what it says. Look at your Bibles. It says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So, I wish you all speak in tongues. I wish you all. Everybody shout all. all. Now, this is important. In the Greek, all means all. Everybody. Who wrote that? Now, most of you are going to say Paul. Paul penned the words, but who put it down? Who spoke that to Paul to put down on paper? The Holy Spirit did. So who is the one that is saying, I wish you all spoke in tongues? There's a misnomer out there. And I've heard it many times in my ministry. Well, pastor, you know, speaking in tongues just isn't for me. It's for other people. It's not for me. That's not what verse 5 of 1 Corinthians 14 says. God says, I wish you all spoke in tongues. That means he wants all of his children to speak in tongues. Jesus, he said Jesus would baptize us in the Holy Spirit and with fire. He wants all his children Baptized in the Holy Spirit and to speak with other tongues. How many of you think it's a good thing that God wants us to speak in tongues? Verse 6 through 12. This is about order here. I'm going to just read it quickly, but follow along in your Bibles. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, or by prophesying, or by teaching? Even things without life, whether flute or harp, whether they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds... How will it be known what is piped or played? For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? So likewise you, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. These are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks, and he who speaks will be a foreigner to me, even so you Since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Basically, here's what happens. He comes in, and in the Corinthians church, everybody just got up and just spoke in tongues. The singers would just sing in tongues. The preacher would preach in tongues. And Paul comes in, and he says, wait a minute. Nobody has any idea what's going on here. You guys are out of order. It's not that it's not welcome in church, but you can't leave the service like that. In other words, just like our musicians today, they played certain notes to all play together to form a song. They wouldn't just come in here and play any old thing and be a racket and nobody could tell what the song is. He says in the same way, there's gifts for times and purposes. And you can't just get up there in the pulpit and just talk in tongues and say, well, wasn't it good to be in the house of God today and go home? Because nobody's going to have any idea what you're saying. 
He's basically saying, hey, you need to preach in the language people understand. You need to do it in a way that they can grasp. Amen? So verse 13. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret to edify the whole church. In other words, there's a difference when you're in worship and prayer and you're praying in the Spirit. And there's a difference like when you've seen it, if you've been in a Pentecostal church long, you have someone who speaks really loudly in tongues, everybody gets quiet, and then someone interprets. There is a difference in tongues for the whole body and a private prayer, worship, and language that you do while you're in worship and prayer. They're two totally different things. What he is saying is, if you're going to get up in church and you're going to speak out loudly in tongues for the whole church to hear, then you need to pray for the interpretation so the body can be built up. It's about order right there. So watch verse, so verse 13 basically says, watch this. It never says not to speak with other tongues. I want you to see that. Because I've had people tell me before, I even had a family that was coming here for a while, even in the theater. They heard someone speaking in tongues. They said, we're out because the Bible says you can't speak in tongues in church. No, you left under a false understanding. It never says not to speak in other tongues in a church setting. It does say that if you're going to do it out loud for everybody and get the attention of everybody, that's God, the gift of tongues coming out, then pray for the interpretation. But never says not to. Watch verse 14 and 15. For I pray, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion there? Here's what Paul writes. He says, well, I'm going to pray with the spirit. I'm going to pray in tongues. And I will also pray with the understanding, my native language. I will sing with the spirit. I'll sing in tongues. And I will also sing with the understanding. I love this. He says, man, I, my, when my spirit prays, that's unadulterated prayer that is not influenced by the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, or the pride of life. How many of you think it's a good thing to pray unadulterated, pure prayers to God? Romans 8, 26 through 27 says it this way. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we don't know how to pray as we should, because we're influenced by the world and our flesh. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Somebody shout Amen. The Holy Spirit can transcend our thought processes and make intercession for us. So here's what Paul said. Paul said, I'm going to pray in English. Well, it's his language, but for us today, I'm going to pray in English and I'm going to pray in the Spirit. Speaking in tongues is for communication with God for private prayer. Paul takes it a step further and he says, also, I'm going to sing in English and I'm going to sing in the Spirit in tongues. Speaking in tongues is for communication with God for private worship. Man, there is something amazing when God gives you a song and you begin to sing in tongues. It is unadulterated, pure worship that is not influenced by flesh or by, by any of the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eyes or the pride of life. It is pure, wonderful, beautiful worship straight to the heart and the throne room of God. How many of you think it's a good thing to offer God that kind of praise? Paul said, I'm going to do both. I'm going to pray in my native language and in tongues. I'm going to sing in my native language and in tongues. And I don't know about you, but I do the same thing. Somebody say amen. amen. Verse 16 and 17 again is talking about order. 
Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks? Since he doesn't understand what you say, for you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. In other words, if you sit down and you bless the food and all you do is speak in tongues, what he's saying is, how does the other person know what you're saying to say amen and come in agreement with you? It's about power of agreement there. Someone say amen. How does the listener know what's being said to, to be able to agree? Because there's power when you say amen, church. When somebody says something, if you say amen, what you're saying is, I agree with this, Lord, and it's into your hands. And the Bible says where any two or more gather together and agree as touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done in my Father in heaven. Be very careful what you say amen to. Amen? We've got to learn to use our gifts rightly and in the proper place. So verse 18, watch what Paul says. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. If Paul thinks this is good and he wrote the Bible under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, then God thinks it's good. You cannot write the Bible and lie. Paul said, I thank my God, not in a boastful way. God's not going to let you write the Bible in arrogance. I thank my God, a genuine thankfulness. I speak in tongues more than you all, basically what he's saying. Exactly what he said. Ultimately, who wrote that? Who allowed Paul to write that? God. So who thinks it's a good thing to speak in tongues? God. How many of you think if God thinks something's a good thing for us, then it may be okay for us to be a part of? Amen? Is this okay today? Verse 19. Yet in the church, publicly, I would rather you speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. In other words, I'd rather come into church, Paul said, and give you five words that you can understand than 10,000 in tongues because you leave and you say, well, that was great, but I have no idea what he was trying to say to me. Again, it never says speaking in an unknown tongue in church is not permissible. But there is ways that you do it and there's order about it. Amen? Is this okay still? Are you still with me? Okay, verse 20. Brethren, do not be children in understanding, however, in malice and babes, but in understanding be mature. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak to this people. So he's letting us know he's going to speak to people through tongues and interpretation. And yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Speaking, in a, he says, therefore tongues, I'll go on, is for a sign for those who believe but not to unbelievers, but prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. So speaking in an unknown tongue is a sign to an unbeliever. They come in, they hear something different there. The presence of God is among His people. They become aware of their need for a Savior. It is a confirmation of following the Word. Speaking in tongues follows as one confirmation when the Word of God is preached. Watch what Jesus said right before He ascends into heaven. One of the last things he says, recording in, in, in the Gospel of Mark, verse 16 or 17 and then verse 20, these signs will accompany those who have believed. Everybody say it will. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Look, when I started reading this, I said, well, where is that in my life? I'm a Christian. And that's when I began to say, God, I, I, I need this in my life. You said it would. Then I wanted to follow in my life. Is that, is that good? Verse 20, these signs will accompany, everybody say will, those who have believed, those who are saved. In my name, they'll cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues. 
And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. Will and shall. How many of you look at that like I did and say, well, if your Bible says it, I want it. Verse 23 through 27 again is about order. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues, again, they're just, everybody's talking in tongues. The whole church service is what they were doing. And there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers. Will they not say you guys are out of your mind? But if all prophesy and an unbeliever, uninformed person comes in, he'll be convinced by all. He is convicted by all. And thus, the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. How is it then, brethren? Whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. Now, in other words, let everything you do in the church be to build people up. That's what he's saying here. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let it be by two or at most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. In other words, when someone gives out a message in tongues and an interpretation comes forward, he says, if you're going to do that, then pray that the interpretation comes so everybody can be blessed. And don't let that happen no more than three times in one single church service. This is the Bible. Amen. Verse 28. Watch what it says. But if there's no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. He is very clearly saying, look, if there's nobody to interpret, if you don't feel like that, then it's okay for you to pray in tongues. Just do it kind of quietly to God. It's exactly what the Bible says. Is that okay? There's a difference in the gift of tongues and interpretation and your personal prayer language. Why have a personal prayer language? Well, we already talked about it. It reveals mysteries. It builds yourself up. You're praying the perfect will of God, not a Santa Claus list. I mean, the list goes on and on. Notice Paul is saying, if you're going to speak a message in tongues in the service, get an interpreter. But again, he never says, don't speak in tongues in church or in any other place. He says, just do it silently to God. Is this the Bible? Am I still preaching the word? There's a difference in the gift of tongues and the grace of tongues. The gift of tongues is speaking out in church for the body. The grace of tongues is speaking to God privately for yourself. Does everybody see this so far? So let's go on. Are you still with me? Do you still want me to dissect the Bible? For you can all prophesy one by one and all that may learn to be encouraged... And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets themselves. Okay. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet himself. Everybody say, my spirit is subject to me. You can control the hyper-spiritual and the flaky. Amen. I've seen people down on all fours barking like a dog. That ain't the Holy Spirit. That's somebody's gotten way out in the flesh and out of control. The spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophet himself. It's up to us to yield. If not, we'd all be puppets. And if that were the case, God had already done that with us. On the other hand, I've seen people with stammering lips like Isaiah talks about. I've seen it. I mean, it's right there. And for whatever reason, they're afraid to speak out in tongues for some reason. Fear, I believe, is one of the main causes of why people don't speak in other tongues. Well, what am I going to sound like? It's going to sound like gibberish. How do I know it's really God? That's one of the greatest tricks of the devil. Don't you speak that. That's not of God. Listen, if you're in the presence of the Holy Spirit, you're in the presence of God and God's all over you, how can it not be the Holy Spirit? Amen? You're stammering lips. You speak out what you're hearing. Amen? Somebody say amen. 
It's by faith like anything else in the Bible. Is that okay? One more thing about this. At this church, we don't help people speak in tongues. The Holy Spirit is big enough to do that all on His own. Somebody say amen. Again, verse 34 through 38 is talking about order. Here's another misnomer. Let's just go there. Amen. Uh, well, it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of saints. Here's one that will get a lot of people. Let your women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive, as the law also says. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is shameful for women to speak in church. Or did the word of God come originally from you? Or was it only, it, it, only uh, that it reached, only you that it reached? If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge the things with which I write. Or for you are the commandments of the Lord. But if anyone is ignorant, let them be ignorant. Okay, so let me just solve this one for you because I hear this sometimes. All right there, preacher. It's shameful for women to talk in church. They got no business in the pulpit, and they got no. So time out. Wait a minute. In the Corinthian church, again, this is about order. You had men sitting up front, women all in back, sometimes in the upper staircase. And here's what happened. They wouldn't understand something, so they'd holler out, Hey, Fred, what's he trying to say? And Fred's going back, Well, I'll tell you later. No, I want to know now. And the preacher's trying to preach. And Paul said, Hey, man, you guys got to stop this stuff. If you want to learn something, go home and ask your husband. Don't do it in the middle of a church service. It'd be like Pam Vincent not understanding something while I'm preaching and her standing up over to Dale King way back there and going, Hey, Dale, what's he trying to say anyways? I can't understand this guy. And you hollering back, Well, I don't know. Ask Chris. He's right next to you. And Chris going, Hey, Mom, Dad, what's he trying to say? I mean, there's just confusion going everywhere. Listen, he never says that women shouldn't preach, shouldn't teach Sunday school, shouldn't talk in church. If that's the case, if you're a woman and you walk in this doors, the minute you open your mouth to even say hi to somebody, you're violating the scriptures. Is that really the heart of God? Absolutely not. No way in any case, form, or fashion. It's about order. Verse 39, you ready for me to blow your minds? Somebody say amen. Here we go. Again, he never says he's not speaking in tongues. Watch verse 39. Everybody look down at your Bible. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Forbid not means a stop, prevent, hinder, keep from, withstand, suffer not. The Bible said, never says not to speak in other tongues. How many denominations and churches violate the direct order of God? You go to certain churches and they'll tell you, speaking in tongues is not for today, don't do it here. My Bible says, don't stop them. Who are we going to obey, God's word or what? Those people have a misunderstanding of the word of God. Are we going with the word? Look, I know I'm in a teaching mode today, but stick with me, I'm almost done. Are we going to go with the word? Does the Bible clearly tell us, do not forbid speaking in tongues? Then there's a lot of churches in America that are directly flying in the face of God Almighty. And God have mercy on their souls. I want to tell you something. Well, pastor, this was written to Corinthians. I'm going to close this with this. Well, this was written to Corinthians. I had somebody tell me this on their way out the door last week. Well, that was written to Corinthians, tongues has ceased, it's not for today's day and age. Let me answer that in finality. Are you want to hear this? You got a few more minutes? 
Who give me five minutes? Raise your hand. Who give me five? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Don't worry. We'll be in time for the Super Bowl. Amen. All right. Okay, so let's answer that question. You ready? Pastor, that's just, that was written to the Corinthians. That's not for us today. Okay, well, Mark wrote the gospel to the Roman church. That was only to the Romans, so we better not base our faith on Mark 10, 45 that says that Jesus came not to serve but to give his life as a ransom for many. Because that was written to Romans back then, not us. If that's the case, then we need to quit praying for our whole household to be saved and base it on Acts 16, 30 through 31 because Paul said that to a Philippian jailer. That was only for him. That's not for us today. And folks, if we're going to pick and choose what we think is applies to us and what doesn't, we're in big trouble. Folks, you can't pick and choose whatever you think is right. If you're going to take some of the New Testament, you have to take it all. You can't say, well, that was for the Corinthians only. That is not what he's saying. It's for all of us. If Paul was alive today, he would come in here if there was total confusion and say the same things to us as he did the Corinthians. Amen? Watch this. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 10. Check this out. I had somebody even quote this to me on the way out the door last week. I said, well, you need to come next week because I'm going to answer this. Love never fails, but if there are gifts of prophecy, let them, they will be done away with. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. Leave this up for just a moment, okay? So prophecy, the Bible says that one day prophecy is going to fail. Has prophecy failed in today's day and age? No. There's probably more prophecy now than at any time in history. I believe that. There is prophecy. God is speaking through people. So prophecies are still alive. Is that right? How many would agree with that? Prophecies are still out there today. Yes, amen. Then he says, well, knowledge is going to be done away with. How many of you think that we no longer have knowledge on this earth? We have more, I would argue we have more knowledge now than ever before. We have flying machinery. We have, we have stuff that, old, that people, the Bible days, they couldn't even imagine. How many of you think that knowledge is still alive for today's days and age, right? It hasn't been done away with. Yet the same people that will tell you, oh, yeah, there's prophecy. Yes, there is today. There's knowledge. Yes, there is today. But tongues has ceased, okay? They're in the same verse, and tongues is sandwiched right in the middle. So you're telling me that one is out and the other two are? This is not a Chinese buffet. I'll take the egg drop soup and, and I'll take the sesame chicken, but ooh, chow mein, it's on you. And the same people who say, oh, yes, prophesy. Yes, I want prophecies. Yes, I love knowledge. Ooh, tongues is kind of scary. Granny told me it was not from God, so that's out. I got a scripture for it, Pastor, right there. No, you can't pick and choose what you like and throw the rest of the New Testament out. It's either all of it or none of it. Somebody say amen. Put the next slide up for me. You can't pick and choose. It's all of it or none of it, folks. You can't say tongues has ceased and then accept prophecies and knowledge. Do you really think that God intended for us to throw an entire chapter of his Bible out and say, well, that wasn't for us today. So 1 Corinthians 14, just throw it out in the ocean somewhere. Does anybody really believe that? No. The Bible is for us today. Somebody say amen. The other theory that I've heard is this, and I'm going to close with this. For people who don't, uh, this is for people who don't speak in tongues. I've had them tell me this. Well, that's just not a legitimate language. Well, how do you know? 
Because the Greek word for speaking in tongues there is glossa, glossolalia, which basically means a heavenly language. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, I will speak with the tongues of men and of angels. It's a heavenly language. So unless you've been to heaven lately, how would you know? Amen? Is this okay today? Watch this. Beyond that. Here's what I posed to the person that questioned me this question. Well, it's just not a known language. I said, okay, well, uh, do you know all the languages of the earth? Well, no, I know a few, French and this and that. Oh, you speak them all? Well, I only speak one. I've heard a few others. Okay. So I went and I did a little studying on this. And I found something called the ethnologue. Everybody say the ethnologue. Now, it's difficult to get the exact number of languages because of dialects and religion and all that. But the ethnologue is the most comprehensive study of languages in the world today. You can look this up online. The ethnologue contains statistics for 7,111 known living languages, gives the number of speakers, locations, dialects, linguistic affiliations, availability of the Bible, and so forth. So, for those who say, well, that's not a language, I'm very impressed that you know 7,111 languages. Now I'm being a little smart, but you catch my point. How would you or anybody else know whether or not somebody is speaking a language? Here's the deal. The Holy Ghost knows them all because he gave them all. So let me finish with these three really awesome stories about how the Holy Spirit knows languages. A preacher was preaching, and he stopped preaching, and he just spoke out in tongues. There was no interpretation. He was confused. This doesn't line. I don't understand what's going on. He got to the end of service. He was questioning himself. And a man who visited for the first time that Sunday came to the front. And he said, hey, are you French? He said, no, I'm not French. He said, well, where did you study French? He said, I never studied French. He said, don't tell me. He said, I'm a French professor. And you spoke in perfect, fluent French to me and said, you need to give your life back to Jesus. He said, I don't speak French. He said, well, he said... Somehow you know, he said, because I've been drifting from God for a while now, and you spoke directly to me and told me to get my life right with God. Perry Stone was, was praying in the upper room. Those of you who've been to Israel, you know where I'm talking about. And he started speaking in tongues, and the guy helping him came to him, and he said, this other guy helping me, there's two guys helping him on the tour. He said, this guy wants to know where you learn Farsi. Farsi is an Arab dialect. He said, I don't know Farsi. He said, well, this guy says, you spoke perfect Farsi to him and said, God says you have a heart condition, and if you'll give your life to Jesus Christ, he'll heal your heart condition. And the guy admits to having a heart condition and wants to know how you knew that. Folks, this is real stuff. We had a guy in our last church. He was a, a Jewish heritage. He was a Jew. Where's Marty at? Marty here today? Marty, he was a Jew. Praise God. I love Jews. My Savior's a Jew. Amen. I love Israel. I love the Jewish people. He was Jewish. He got saved at our church. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. And apparently one night, he lived in a trailer park close to other trailers. And apparently he got wild one night. And man, he was shouting and praising in tongues. And man, you know, for those of you who've been there, you have a fit every now and then. And he did in his privacy of his own home. And he got a knock on the door. Apparently they thought something was going on. And the neighbors called the police on him. And the police showed up. And the, knocked on the door. When he answered the door, his eyes were about this big, the, the police officers. He said, man, where did you learn to speak Arabic? And him being a Jew, he was almost offended by the question. He said, I don't speak Arabic. 
He said, I never studied that. He said, don't tell me. He said, as I was approaching the door, he said, you are telling me in perfect Arabic dialect, give my heart to Jesus and get right with God. Folks, speaking in tongues is real. And it's powerful. Woo! Somebody shout amen. amen. Those are just a few of the stories that I can give. So here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to close your eyes and bow your head. I'd like for the prayer team to prepare themselves because I've been praying this week, God, fill people with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Fill people with your spirit. And Father, I've been praying that the Heavenly Father would would allow everyone to fill everyone to speak with other tongues. It's a beautiful, wonderful, powerful encounter with God and communication. I want to I want you to I want to invite you to come into this biblical experience of speaking in other tongues, which is obviously very important to God. I want to invite you to communicate with God supernaturally through praying in the spirit. God wants to do so much more in our lives. He wants to communicate effectively, more effectively than just by our native language. Speaking in other tongues is the gateway into the supernatural, into our Christian walk. We need to keep tongues a flowing stream in our lives for those of you that pray in tongues. We should not neglect the precious gift of speaking in other tongues in our life.